Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. You know, sometimes, I don't know if it works with you the way it works with me. You know, we pray about something or there's something that's in our heart and it, it, it comes to us at an unexpected time. It's just like a, a moment when you least expect it. I think God does that on purpose uh, so that we know it's him. He just interrupts us sometimes. He gives us that thought or that situation that brings that answer to us. And I was... I just feel like God wants to remind us, me especially, to live a lifestyle of continual praise. Um, praise. How committed are we to continually praising the Lord, as the Bible says in Psalm 34? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually. Say continually. Say all times. You know, when, when we, I feel like there's an order in our approach to God. And, and I believe Pastor Jim touched on this. Uh, it was either Sunday morning or Sunday night. But you see, the Bible says that God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. So he doesn't need our praise to build up his self-esteem. Now, how many of you know somebody, some people that it's like they need praise to, to build up their self as that's needed. Now, and we all need that to a certain degree. We need affirmation from other people, but God doesn't need that. The Bible says he is great and he is greatly to be praised. So when we praise and worship God, we don't build him up, it builds us up. Because when we, uh, the Bible says that we, we praise him and we worship him, the glory that's in him and in his name gets on us. And we get built up when we praise his name continually. The Bible says in verse 2, and I'm in Psalm 34, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. There's a, there's a boast. I feel like there's a momentum that we're looking for and that we lose at times. And some of my athletes out here can attest to the fact that in certain games or situations, there's a momentum that can build. And sometimes you can almost feel it. It's like, where did that go? Things were going well. I was actually feeling well. And all of a sudden, I feel like I've lost this momentum. What did I do wrong? And I feel like what happens is we lose our fo we take our focus off of God and we take our praise off of God and we put our praise into the situations that are around us. And you say, wait a minute, I'm not praising what I see on world politics. That's crazy. I'm not praising this bad relationship that I'm in right now. But actually you are. Because when we give it that kind of attention and when we magnify it and when we talk about it and we say, if this thing has really got me, I just don't know if I'm going to make it through this. And, and, and you say, well, I would never say that. But those, that's what's going on in our mind. And we break that and we regain the momentum in the spirit that God wants us to have when we begin to praise God continually, continually, every day. You see, I almost forgot. We've got to build this into us as a memory verse 
I imagine if you woke if we woke up every day for a week and said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen? For lunch. We get we set a clock on our iPhone. Oh, that's right. I will bless the Lord at all times after that meeting or that patient or that student or that child or that whatever in the middle of the afternoon. I'm going to praise the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I heard Jensen Franklin say um, years ago, he said, you're either going to be a thermostat or a thermometer. You know, God's given us his spirit, has he not? The Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? The Bi- you know, I was thinking recently, the Bible says that God has given us the power of his divine nature. And I'm not quoting it exactly, but in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says that we have received the divine nature. Now I got to go there. I don't want to lose my train of thought, but here it is. His divine power has given us all things to life and godliness by partaking of his nature. Paul warns us in Timothy, he said, listen, there's going to be people, there's going to be forms of Christianity out there before Jesus comes back that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. In other words, there's a, there's a form to it. There's a, um, a ritual to it. There's a name to it. There's a behavior to it potentially. There's not an inward power to it that can really affect our lives. Well, when we praise God continually, there is a power and a momentum that begins to build in our lives, and all of a sudden we find ourselves walking in the Spirit. Somebody say amen. I, um, I like Yetis. Um, the, Lisa bought me this Yeti mug for, for Christmas, and it might be a hoax. I don't know. Maybe the brand X would, would keep my coffee warmer, but I really covet something. In fact, there's, a, um, there's an old Coleman mug. It's got a handle on it, and it's a very prized possession in my home, and Noah used to use it for, like, water with ice, and uh, he, he'd, he'd take that thing out, and he'd lose it, and I'd get upset. But I've got it back now, and I'm happy because that thing keeps coffee hot. And if you're going to, or hot chocolate, you're going to go to a football game, you want to, you want to have something hot in the cold. And I actually looked it up. I don't know if you knew this, but a Yeti is actually um, the abominable snowman in the Himalayas. It's a legend. But God wants us to be insulated in the situations and in our walk with him in life. There's an insulation that comes when we're continually praising God in the midst of our circumstances, when we're continually praising God and looking to him and not looking this way. And I was just reminded of a couple of uh, Bible characters. The Bible says that when the snakes came against the children of Israel and they were biting the people and many people were dying and many people were being bitten, that God told Moses to take one of those snakes and to raise it up and to draw the people's attention to that snake. And how many know that's a picture of the cross and, and of Jesus and how God wants us not to look to our sinfulness or to look to other people's sinfulness, but to look to him for the answer. And when we lift up our eyes and we look to him and we look to the cross, our perspective changes. You know, I was belaboring recently or uh, bemoaning recently um, the issue of focus. And I actually found myself 
reading a book, and I went through a line, and next thing you know, I read a line, and I forgot what I had read. And, and it's just a symptom of, of, of the reality that I'm living in right now, like the rest of you. Focus is very difficult now with the technological age that, that we're living in. And to focus on God is sometimes a challenge. And when we praise him and when we worship him, it rebuilds our focus and it magnifies God and it gets on us. Amen? The, the other uh, Bible character that I was thinking about was Jesus when he said, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. So what he's saying is whatever you're focusing on is going to have an effect on your reality. So when we focus on God and we praise him and choose not to focus on the evil around us, all of a sudden, our being is filled. And I just want want to go to Romans 12. I was reminded of this verse. Say, I'm a thermostat. That was weak. I'm a thermostat, not a thermometer. Romans 12. Uh, let's start in verse 10. Be kind, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Watch this now. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Now, there's a, a list of things there that Paul is in, encouraging the church to be doing. I just want to focus on, on one or two there, and they're connected. Fervent in spirit. That, that literally, mean, that word means fiery or burning, hot. God wants us to have a fire in us, a a fervency, a, a warmth, a glow. Uh, one translation reads, maintain the heavenly glow. One of the ways that we maintain the heavenly glow is to continually praise and worship God. You know, the Bible says is we are praising and worshiping God. You know, all of creation right now is rejoicing before the Lord, waiting for the return of Jesus. And I'll prove it to you. Go with me to Psalm 96. When I saw this, I thought, no way. Even on a night like tonight, all of creation right now is waiting for Jesus to come back and deliver it from corruption. In Psalm 96, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. In verse 10, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples rightly, righteously. And in your prayer time, if, you, if, if this witness is with your spirit, I would encourage you to read Psalm 96, or really Psalm 95, 6, 7, and 8. All of them deal with magnifying and praising God. And in that context, watch this now, the Bible says, listen, the world is firmly established. It's not going to be moved. When we live a lifestyle of praise, we're cementing ourselves in stability. 
And I feel in my heart that God wants us to grab a hold of him with dogged determinedness, right? Determination right now to just get a hold of him by faith and say, Lord, I am going to get a hold of you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to be so easily moved by what's around me. I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you no matter what I see. All of creation is groaning and waiting for Jesus. Let the heavens rejoice, verse 11, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all of its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For, conjunction, uh, verse 13, he is coming. Hallelujah. For he is coming, again, to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. All of creation, the Bible tells us, you know the verse in Romans where it says that creation is groaning. There's a groaning in the creation, in the natural order, because of the corruption. They're crying out saying, Lord Jesus, come back. Come and judge righteously. Come and make things new. And God says, I am coming back, and I am going to make things new, and I'm coming back for a people that are waiting for me and praising me and are focused upon me, that are loving me, that are looking to me. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Abraham knew how to do this. The Bible says that he made, made Abraham a promise. I mean, when Jesus says, I'm coming back, he's not going to be late. He's coming back. He's going to set things right. And he wants us to be set upon him before he comes back and sets things right. And he says, I'm coming back, and I want you to be ready. But he made Abraham a promise. He said, Abraham, I have called you to be the father of many nations. I mean, Abraham looked at Sarah, and she was barren. And in our barrenness, listen, when we look around and see unfruitfulness in our lives, when we look around and we see unfulfilled promises in our life, God says, I don't want you to focus on that. I don't want you to look at that. When you look at the problem and look at the problem and talk about the problem, you get weak. But when you give glory to God and praise him, knowing that he is able to do what he promise to perform, you grow strong in faith, giving glory to God. And God wants our faith to be strong. Abraham learned how to do this. The Bible says that we're following in the footsteps of Abraham. Abraham took a walk with God. God said, Abraham, I'm coming into your life. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. I've got a plan for you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Say, God, I want you to make me into the man. I want you to make me into the person that you want me to be. God says, I'm going to make you into the person you want to be, that I've called you to be, and I want you to follow me in the footsteps of Abraham. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to make you some promises that you're not going to see immediately. And you're going to be tempted to look at barrenness. You're going to see something in your life that looks dry and cracked, like nothing can come out of this situation. But God says, when you're willing to turn to me and praise me for my promise, you're going to begin to see my faithfulness in that fruitless situation. In Isaiah, I was going to quote a poem by Langston Hughes, but I, I'm not going to do that. He says, it's like a dry and barren field. I'll just, dreams that are deferred. 
A dream that is deferred is like a barren field. See, God puts promises. Listen, there are promises that he has promised us. But God puts dreams in our hearts. Things that, that he impregnates, that he wants us to do for him, to see for him here on the earth. And we don't always see those things immediately. And when those dreams are deferred and we see the barrenness, we get discouraged. But let's learn a lesson from Abraham here. In Isaiah 54, and I'm almost done. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing. And cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. So there are, there are, I want you to imagine two people both looking at something in their life that's not producing fruit that they think should be produced, something in their life that is dry. One person is going to look at that barrenness and they're going to say, you know what? I praise thee, O barrenness. I discourage thee, O barrenness. And they're going to focus upon that and they're going to glorify that as reality. See, we're either going to glorify, notice I go back to Psalm 34, magnify the Lord with me. Come, let us exalt his name together. We're either going to be magnifying what we see going on in the earth or we're going to be magnifying God. It's one or the other. Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to magnify me or you're going to magnify what's going on. So these two people are looking at this barren field. One of them is going to say, I see fruit. I see increase with the eyes of faith. And that person is going to, the Bible says, break forth. Cry aloud. Break out. You know, uh, at, at weddings or, 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 or secular gatherings, you know. It usually just takes one person to, you know, just break out and river dancing, and then the rest, of them sh- the rest of them come. There's a momentum when one person is willing to say, I believe God. When one person in a family is willing to say, I don't think things have to stay this way. I believe God, and I'm going to praise him for the promises in his word. It just takes one. And when, you speak, when that praise begins to go forth, somebody's got to break the atmosphere. Somebody's got to break that silence or that discouragement. And when that break happens, and how many know God's called us to use our voices, amen? Say, I don't sing a G very well. I don't either. But praise and worship is not really about Sunday morning. We get together and we, our voices combine and, and that's a great thing. But the Bible teaches us to praise the Lord continually, hallelujah, continually. Sing, O you barren, and break forth into singing. And I'll, I'll close with this. Um, the answer is in the breaking, is in the praise. It comes when we readjust our eyes, readjust our voices, and begin praising God. When Jesus ascended, excuse me, when Jesus went to the cross and descended. On the road to Emmaus, there were two disciples and they were walking and they were very discouraged. 
And the Bible says Jesus interrupted them on their walk, and they didn't know who he was in Luke 24. And he, he kind of just snuck up on them, and they thought he was a stranger. You know the story, right? And they said to him, where, and he says, what is wrong with you guys? Why are you upset? David said to himself, why are you cast down, O my soul? You're going to regain the hope of your kind. Put your hope in God. That's basically what Jesus was saying. Hey, guys, why are you upset? And they said, hey, dude, haven't you been around? Haven't you, where, where have you been? Don't you know what's been going on here? We just lost a big battle. Jesus is gone. And they had, they had Jesus, but they weren't praising God prophetically. And God wants us to praise him prophetically. In other words, Jesus said, oh, listen, guys, you're foolish and you're slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? He said, guys, you ought to be praising God right now for the prophetic word that's confirmed in Christ. You haven't seen the fulfillment of it yet. I haven't appeared to you, and I'm going in a few days. But you should be praising God for the prophetic promises in his word. Say amen. Yeah. God also wants us to praise him for the prophetic voice of the Spirit of God that he brings into our spirits. And I'll go right back to Psalm 34. In Psalm 34, I believe it was David. I don't know for sure. A Psalm of David. I left off in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. When we approach God and we establish a lifestyle of praise, continual praise and worship, God speaks to us. God answers our prayers. God delivers us. God frees us from the bondage of fear. That's all in those verses right there. And we, re and we get the glow. Notice they looked to him and they were radiant. This is the momentum that we're looking for. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.